So let's let's Ooh. kick this peg. Don't kick a peg. That's rude. Well, you know, sometimes you got to do it. Welcome to Pop Culture Roulette for all your pop culture needs. We're America's podcast. One of these days, since I'm editing, I should just record that and then just drop it rather than have to keep doing it. But I also feel like it's kind of a mood setter. <laughs> but anyway, as always, I'm your one of your hosts, Nicholas. I'm joined by owner of a five o'clock shadow, Jeremy. Mm. Owner of a full beard, Justin. So you two, uh, you, you two have a full beard. I do have a full beard. All right. I guess we have a few things to talk about. We, uh, we missed last week. We got a little busy. Had some things pop up, but uh, so we got a couple couple holdover news stories from the week. Where are we going with the first story here? Let us talk about that Wolverine costume. Did you guys see it? Mm-hmm. Yes. How excited are you that we're finally getting the yellow and blue, the classic X-Men Wolverine costume in the Deadpool movie? I'm just excited that Wolverine's actually going to be in it. Didn't really matter to me what the costume was. I was just looking forward to that. I'm finally, finally getting together. Finally seeing Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds in a movie together instead of constantly just ribbing each other. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But still, nonetheless, uh, you know, now that we've seen the classic Professor X and and Multiverse of Madness, and now we're seeing the classic wolverine in the deadpool movie like it just it i feel like it means we're we're inching closer and closer to the actual x-men maybe which uh we'll skip over a couple stories here and get to this next one because i think it uh so the actors went on strike um either in solidarity with the writers or from a separate issue i'm not 100 percent sure I know that basically the writers and the actors are angry about the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it comes down to is uh, residuals. Netflix is not paying what they should be paying. Well, it's not like they don't have money, just canceling everyone's sharing plans. Right. You know, what else? Basically, a lot of the streamers are not paying out the way they should be paying out. Uh, they're, you know, Netflix is like Orange is the New Black has made us you know, into a network and is winning us all these awards. Here's a $5 check. And they're like, I was in every episode. Okay, here's a $6 check. Huh. That That is kind of one of those weird things to tell how much money they're making on residuals if it's a straight-to-streaming service movie. Yeah, like, a Net, like a Netflix original. You're not, people aren't going out and renting it, buying it, so you don't really see what those numbers actually are. And I think that's why Netflix has always been very cagey about how many people are actually watching. Uh, because that way, if they're not honest with the public, they can be equally as dishonest with the actors. You know, right. they can say, oh, 
you know, the last season of Stranger Things is the most watched thing ever on 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 uh, on Netflix. And they're like, oh, okay, well, so we should be seeing a big check in the residuals. And I'm like, ow, oh, it was actually only like five people who watched it. So, yeah, they they could do that. Like only it was streamed by only thirty subscribers, which could be like I don't know ninety different people yeah. with the with the password sharing. Well, and you know, I mean, we've heard the story out of Kevin Smith, or, or more, more specifically, Jeff Anderson, uh, with like trying to get paid from, from his various different movies. Being with, you know, I think Clerks Two in particular was the one, or, um, but I think it was a. Uh, I want to say it was John Cusack would say anything, which was a movie that came out in the late '80s, and he's like, you know, it was like a thirteen million dollar movie. It made like fifteen in the bot in the in the theaters but it became a big hit on dvd or not on dvd not at that time vhs uh it it was kind of got a cult following when it made it to hbo or cinemax or whatever whatever you know version of streamers we had back then back when we actually had cable and so you know come on 20 30 years later he's like okay well where's my residuals for all that And they're like well it actually cost us 40 million dollars and you're like wait what like in thirty years, you've lost forty million dollars on a movie that only cost you thirteen million to make, and made its money back in the theaters. Yeah, yeah, no, we lost. So clearly, these studios have a habit and a history of lying and and doing crazy math to make sure they don't have to pay these actors. Sounds like any company. Well, yeah, we lost money. We can't afford to give you a raise. Oh, you got to make more money in that department or we can't hire anybody. Well, we can't make more money in that department if you don't hire people and get more people to make, do more work. Well, you know, if you did more work, I. Yeah. So, but the question at the end of the day is, what does the actor strike mean to you, the consumer, the end user of the product? I probably won't notice. Oh, you will. All right. So the last time we had the writer strike that went on for a lot of days, what happened was reality TV and game shows took over. Well, now that, in fact, you can make the argument that reality really, or reality TV, which is obviously not actual reality. What? Sort of kind of became a boom and really took over. And, you know, it was sort of becoming a thing beforehand, but when the writer's strike happened, it really took off. And then it's become pretty much a mainstay since then. Well, now that the actors are going on strike, that means they can't film even more than they already have. Maybe they should make virtual reality TV next. uh, Which means uh, even more game shows. (laughs) Yeah, more Uh, game shows. More, more, more reality TV. But the other thing in the immediate, the immediate thing that's going to happen is ABC, because ABC being owned by Disney, has already said that they're going to be airing the entire first season of Miss Marvel, the the Disney Plus show, over on ABC now. Which I think could be a twofold decision. Uh, one, uh, the first Marvel movie that really is directly influenced by the Disney Plus series is about to hit the, the screen in the Marvels. 
So they, they're, and then they're, I think they're starting to realize that, hey, that might be a problem because a lot of people who don't have Disney Plus will be confused or won't go see this movie or we need to push it up. But uh, have either of you ever watched Yellowstone? No. No. Okay. I was going to uh, say, this, this could also be maybe good marketing for Disney Plus, too, if they put this on there. Maybe people watch it and then be like, oh, let's check out what else is on Disney Plus. I want to watch this next or this. That is why, that's how they got me to watch Dexter during the last writer's strike because they didn't have anything. So they just edited episodes of Dexter and threw it on CBS or whatever network it was. And and then I was like, I like this. I want to see the unedited version where they're not, uh, you know, clearly cussing and, you, you know, yeah. oh, I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on my Monday to Friday <laughs> plane. Surprise, mother trucker. <laughs> right. You know. So in that aspect, Yellowstone will be airing on CBS. Now, Yellowstone, not quite the level of Dexter. There is some cussing. There is some violence. There is a little, you know, toplessness here and there. But, hey. not, but not to the extent that, like, Dexter. That one, so they're probably going to edit that one up, clean it up a little bit, and then throw that over on, what network was that? ABC. CBS. CBS. Oh. So my guess is that that's not... Those aren't the only two shows that will be making their way from the streamers over to the networks uh, for the exact reason that you said. One, they're going to be, hey, you like that? That's that's your first taste. Why don't you come on over here? Come what on, are they, Kirk, Kirk Cousins? Come on over here. Yeah. What? You like that? Now now you get this Disney Plus, we'll give you even more. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? You like that? Come on over here. We'll uh, get you get yourself some Paramount Plus. Look at else we got over here. Because I guarantee you the commercials during Yellowstone is going to be nothing but what else is on Paramount Plus. Yeah, the mm-hmm. commercials during during Miss Marvel is going to be nothing but what is on Disney Plus. Yeah. Makes sense. So I, I, it could be good marketing. I would not be at all surprised to see even more more shows starting to show up over there. Especially if it I don't know how long it's going to hold out because I, you know, like I heard Kevin Smith talk about it at the beginning of the writer's strike was like, as long as the directors don't go on strike, they're going to have the ability to keep throwing game shows and, you know, reality TV up. But the second the directors go on strike, then they're just out of luck. So then they'll settle everything real fast. But what do you think about the use of AI in scripts? Because I know that's a big thing for the writers. They want to stop that from happening. Uh, not too much. I mean, it does take a little bit of the human element out of it, but I mean, if it's it's good material, I don't see an issue. As Re- a screen, what what about rewrites? Does the AI realize something doesn't work? I don't know. I've never read an AI script, but I can't imagine that it catches the nuances of of human language. Mm-hmm. But there are a few movies that I've seen where I'm like, if you told me a robot wrote it, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I buy that. Maybe an maybe an AI wrote Powerpuff Girls. Maybe, and one of these days we'll do that. As a screenwriter, Jeremy, what's your opinion on AI writing scripts? Wow, I would call myself a screenwriter. <laughs> hey, I've got I've got two uh, two signed scripts in my in my possession. I've read a number of scripts that you've written. Just because we haven't filmed any of it yet doesn't mean you haven't written them. Well, it's just lazy. That's all. I don't you know. Want to be a writer, or you don't. I mean, 
What happens if you want to be an AI writer? Well, I don't know. Dream big, robots. <laughs> I mean, I get it where they're coming from because if they if the AI starts doing it, then it puts a lot of people out of jobs. You know, because then they can just crank out. You know, because what was I read? Some they were talking about it somewhere. I read somewhere that like they they plugged in a whole bunch of key phrases and words that they used in in like pop songs, and AI cranked out like ten thousand. Uh, lyrics for pop songs in like a weekend like i just refuse to i can't i mean how many of them can be any good i mean how many pop songs are good otherwise well that's about 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 half all right well i guess that really depends on your definition of pop because pop is such a broad genre like you really have to like narrow it down because there's some there is some really good pop music i know i'm more on the rock side of things but you know you can have you know there's some really good, but then you've got bubblegum pop, which I think is made most of the radio friendly stuff, and that that stuff drives me up a fucking wall. Hmm. Sure, but you know, I, but again, you know, there are some songs that are on the radio right now that I'd be again. Oh, a robot wrote that. Yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. I don't. Like, I don't listen to a lot of music on the radio, so I couldn't really tell you what's out there. Uh, me neither. I'm not really sure. I'm becoming the old man that is like back in my day. Yeah, yeah. My I listen to a lot of like the sports talk radio when I'm doing stuff. And I remember when I was a kid, that'd be what my dad would listen to. And I'd get so annoyed. Be like, why can't you just listen to music? And now I'm the same way. I'm just listening to the sports talk. When I'm in my car, I'm almost always listening to a podcast. Uh, when I'm at work, just because of the nature of what I what I do, I can't listen to podcasts and focus on what I'm doing and or hear them. But like when I'm listening to the music, like I, I either just go to like alternative hits, 1992 through 1999. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I'll pick it. I'll pick a specific year and just like play that for the playlist or, or I'll be like, Oh man, I really like that band that I heard on the playlist. And then I'll just, I'll burn through a couple albums of that, you know, but it's all stuff from the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Because then, then I'll catch myself saying, today's music just sucks. And then I'm like, I'm pretty sure my dad said the exact same thing to me. <laughs> A vicious cycle. Which, by the way, either of you are aware of who Mammoth WVH is? No. Eddie Van Halen's son, Wolfgang. So the, the son of Van Halen. I know who he is. Okay. Uh, check his music out. I, I will say, as much as I was just bagging modern music, um, Mammoth B- WBH is really good. Like, really good. Um, but he, he's coming through and playing the rave in November. And I kind of want to go to that. If either one of you are interested, I'd, I'd very much like to go to that concert. Hmm. I have to oh. check out his music before I make okay. any kind of decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be like, yes, let's go. And then, know, listen, what's going and then on. we listen and go, well, this sucks. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a little on the heavier side, but it's not like super heavy. But I mean, he is, he's every bit as good as his dad when it comes to, you know, I don't know, guitar wise, since Eddie Van Halen is, quite, you know, considered one of the greatest guitarists of all time. I don't know if Wolfgang is quite there. But, you know, musically, like, I think I actually like Mammoth a little bit more than I like Van Halen, but 
I've never been like that huge a Van Halen fan. Right. But I guess I guess there's also like three versions of Van Halen, so you know I don't I guess I don't know which one I like and which one I don't like. Yeah, that's true. I know it's not the Gary Sharon version. I just can't remember if I like the David Lee Roth or the Sammy Hagar one. Yeah, they're both pretty good. Speaking of Milwaukee stuff, Top hey. Chef Top Chef is filming in the Milwaukee and Madison area. Wow. We're located in the Milwaukee, Madison area. I know. That's why we should find out where these people are filming. I've I've never really watched Top Chef. That's more of the, the wife's show. So I don't know if they do like audience stuff or like tastings for like people. But, you know, we should figure that out. I know that uh, at least two of us enjoy cooking shows. I don't know what Jeremy's opinion on cooking shows are. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I've been told that I would like Top Chef. Because, like, part of the reason, like, I won't watch Gordon Ramsay is that I just, I'm not a big fan of the reality shows that involve more yelling than actual, like, things. Right. So, like, that's why I like, like, Chopped. What about Guy's Grocery Games? Guy's Grocery Games is a lot of fun. Uh, Diners Drive-In and Dives. I really Uh, liked Cutthroat Kitchen. Cutthroat Kitchen was amazing. I wish they'd bring that back. Yeah. Uh, but well, I've been told I've been told that Top Chef is a lot closer to that style, you know, where it's more about the cooking and actually than than the yelling and the screaming. I like those uh, like Halloween wars and Christmas wars where they do the decorating of like the pumpkins and the cakes. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, I re- I really like the summer, spring, fall baking championships. Those are fun. I mean, I. Hmm. I watch it all now going, oh, man. I used to watch it going, I could eat that. Now I'm like, I wish I could eat that. I can't anymore. I just have to. What about Nailed It? Have you seen Nailed It? No, I've never watched Nailed It. Well, if you come across Netflix again one way or another, it's a Netflix baking show hosted by Nicole Breyer. Okay. And it's three amateur bakers. And they'll show like a cake, and then they're supposed to make a cake look exactly like that in like thirty minutes. Oh, and that it usually turns out to be hot, hot trash, but very entertaining. Speaking of Netflix cooking shows, do either of you watch Is It Cake? I've yes, never saw I've seen. I've seen that one. Oh, Mikey Day from Saturday Night Live hosts a show called Is It Cake, and. The whole idea is that you can make a cake so realistic that you can fool people. So, like, one of them was, like, a bowling ball. Mm. So, like, they put, like, six bowling balls up and only, like, two of them were a cake. And and so, like, the guests, you know, so, like, you see them make the cake and how they do it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the first season, the second season so far has not been as good. Um, I think the judging is a little weird. So, I'm hoping if there's a third season, they fix that. But hmm. since I have Netflix one of the other ways, I do I have been I have been watching Is It Cake. So check out check out Nailed It. Maybe I will give Nailed It a shot. Do, 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 do. Let's see. Uh we probably should have talked about this back when we were talking about the X-Men stuff. I know uh, we don't follow a format. That is formats are for suckers. It's a formality, if you will. What if I told you Jer um no not Jeremy, Justin. Forget your name straight. We need to change your name so you're not so similar. 
I mean, by similar, I mean starting with the letter J. I also say that, but I have had my dogs now for a minimum of, of two years, and I still consistently both call them the wrong name. <laughs> so I think even if I changed one of your names to Stuart, I would still call you the wrong name. Anyway, right. Justin, Justin, you said you're on a bit of a superhero down, like you're just kind of, you're not feeling superheroes very much. Yep, I'm on that bit right. of a hiatus. What if I told you James Gunn was directing a superhero movie? Does that get you a little more interested? Depends on what it is. Okay. It's a Superman movie. Eh. All right. What if I told you Nathan Fillion is going to be in it? Eh. (laughs) As Guy Gardner, the other Green Lantern, one of the other Green Lanterns. Eh. I'm kind of excited for the Blue Beetle movie. Really? A little bit. Oh, okay. Well, and of course, Deadpool. I'm very excited for Deadpool, but uh, they had to shut that down because all the actors went on strike. So who knows when? That's one of the other things. Thanks, Hugh Jackman. (laughs) So basically, it means that all the movies that are in a can right now, we're going to get. But at a certain point, they're going to be like, we're out of movies. Like, we don't have any new ones to put out. Because they're all on hold right now. So mm-hmm. I bet you anything, there's going to be some movies that were never meant to go to the theaters, hidden theaters now. Or I think they might start showing some uh, some older movies back in the theaters. Or that. Like, Mark- I know I know there's a weekend in August where they're going to be showing over the course of a weekend or two weekends or three, I don't know how many. They're going to be showing all eight Harry Potter films on the big screen again. Oh yeah, I saw that. Mark has emailed me something about like you can get a like a fifty dollar passport for all move all eight. Movies. Yeah, it's it's twenty five bucks for all eight Harry Potter movies. Not a bad deal. No, I was like, well, you know, it wouldn't be too bad if you know someone who really liked them or you want to see yourself on the big screen. That'd say. But then again, I also own them all on Blu-ray, so yeah. and who knows what streaming service they're probably on? Oh, HBO Max, I think. Probably HBO Max, but all right. So you're you get to plan a weekend, like you because you, they're out of movies, they don't have any new ones to show, so they finally relent and come to Pop Culture Roulette and and come on our theater or come on our podcast and say, "Hey, uh, you guys get to program a weekend. What do you program? What are we just picking a movie that's going to play, or are we trying to come up with a whole a whole block of movies?" Well, like a whole, like a whole block. Are you picking, like, are you gonna, well, are you gonna pick like a series, like a Harry Potter, and just be like, we're gonna watch all eight Harry Potters? Or are you gonna pick like a genre? Oh, part of me wants to pick a whole series, but it's That's all not... part of this. It's all part of the same genre. Well, like I, I think I'd be doing like an Expendables marathon. Okay. It's just back to back to back to back. I don't know. Maybe I'll have or something like that or. Uh... A Stallone action-packed weekend. Okay. Some, some Rambos and some... I don't know if it's going to make me any money, but I'll be watching. I mean, there won't be any new movies, so people are going to kind of be forced to, you know, pick your week. You know, it's either either not go to the movie theater at all or, or come see your... Now, are you going to... All right, so you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you get two movies each night. Maybe three, depending on on if you're picking a series. But you you're stuck. You've decided you're going Stallone action pack. 
an action-packed weekend. All right. How are you kicking it off? Ooh, okay, Friday. I think I'm going to... I should, well, okay. The, there's a problem with how many movies are in your series because Expendables is four. It will be four, yes. Okay, so maybe I would do the. Ah, the Expendables are so good. Mm. Friday, I might do some of the individual movies that he's done, like Cliffhanger, Over the Top. Uh, there's got to be another one I could throw in there. And yep. then Demolition sit- Man, Rambo, Rocky. No, Rocky would be a good set too. And then Saturday, probably do the expendable movies. And then Sunday, end it with the, the Rambos. Okay. All right. The Rocky yeah. movies would take up an entire weekend in themselves. That is true. Well, you don't necessarily have to do the whole franchise. You could just be like, here's Rocky 1. All right. You like that. Then there's a whole bunch of other stuff. But, you know. All right. How about you, Jeremy? What would you What would you do? Well, I was going to try to be different from something that I would usually say, but I, then I decided screw it, and uh, I'm going to do a Jason weekend. Oh. <laughs> the first 50 people to get their tickets for the marathon get a gold Jason mask, and everybody that participates gets a canoe, and it, you can put your popcorn in it. <laughs> oh. a, a popcorn canoe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jeremy would just be writing and filming his own movies and showing them. Well, some see, fan this, films. <laughs> we might need to get some of these movies that you've been talking about up off the ground because as independent people, uh, we aren't shut down. Like we can still film. Yeah. I think I think what I would do is I, I think I would pick some of my favorite movies that don't necessarily get the love that I think they should, or movies that I think, you know, don't stuff that's hard to find streaming wise, like Better Off Dead. I think maybe like Friday night I would do like a John Cusack. I think I would do like Better Off Dead, High Fidelity, uh, Gross Point Blank. Um, Saturday, I, I think I might do, I don't know. I mean, maybe Saturday I would do like some more ob- obscure horror films. You know, some of the stuff that's really fun uh, that doesn't necessarily get talked about as much. Or, may, you know, for that matter, I might do just stuff that does get talked about too. You know, Night of the Living Dead, Shaun of the Dead, and I don't know. I'll pick another zombie movie that that I really enjoy. Oh, twenty eight Zom- Zombie Land. Twenty oh, twenty eight days later, Zombie Land. Sunday, maybe just you know, Clerks one, two, and three, or Jay and Silent Bob, and Clerks one, one. I don't know. You could do I, uh, you could do like a movies through the decades. Okay. Do like the top three movies from the eighties, top from the nineties, top from the two thousands. I could do that. Yeah. And it would be what I consider to be the top, not what IMDB considers to be the top. Yeah. All right. All right, Greg. Uh Marcus, you you have been avoiding us for this long. Um, now that you're gonna be out of movies, it's time to come on the podcast and then let us have a weekend. Because yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll even take a Wednesday. It'll be huh? Willie's Wonderland Wednesdays. Oh, nice. Oh, man. See, that mm-hmm. might be fun. Do a a trip through Nick Cage being weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Now that we're on that, we've done an Adam Sandler bracket. We've done a Nick Cage bracket. We've done mm-hmm. some other brackets. We can... One night will be the top four for whatever we picked for the Adam Sandler bracket. Then, you know, the One weekend will be the top Adam Sandler movies. The next weekend will be the top Nick Cage movie. We should just buy ourselves a movie theater. 
Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it can't be that expensive, can it? I, I have no idea. Jer- Jeremy's going to link like his laptop book to a projector so he can so he can shoot these movies. Yeah, I have, yeah, I have no idea, and I have no idea legally if we could even do that. But uh, if we own a little movie theater in the middle of nowhere, like you know. Burlington or East. I would, it would be amazing. I would love to own a movie theater. But... It would be. It would be really fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put, it on the, thought... put it on the whiteboard, Jeremy. All right. We'll manifest it. <laughs> well, because I, you know, like occasionally, I don't know how often you guys ever go to the Plaza Four, that one here in town. Not I... since I went with you guys, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'd say usually once the twice a year. Last thing I saw there was. Uh... Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Okay. But I, I noticed that there's a lot of uh, area in the front, in between the first row of the seats and the actual screen. And I was thinking, man, how fun would it be to own this theater? Because on like, you know, Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights, one of the nights that isn't as, you know, visited for movies, we could throw a stage down and do like a live podcast and yeah. have like a, have a live podcast studio like a couple nights a week and then show movies the other night or do like the things that we've been talking about doing, like doing a commentary track, uh, thanks killing. Yeah. 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 We could could literally set it up as like an MST three K situation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Plaza four. You're also on notice that you should get involved with us. I mean, shoot them an email, drive down there. You're close. I am close. Go make friends with them. Right now. Well, since we've been Re- talking recording, about recording, recording finish. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Since we since we're talking about movie theaters and some of the problems that they're having, did you guys hear what the AMC theaters were planning on doing? Well, I sure did. I sure did not. Okay. So they actually, well, originally when they announced this it was so long ago that we talked about this on our first iteration of the podcast. Did we? Yeah, I remember oh. talking about this. <laughs> okay. It's kind of weird. Oh, I forgot about it. I um, AMC was planning on, on changing their ticket pricing structures to where the seat was located. So wherever they determined was the best seat would be like a $15 ticket. And then if you wanted the front row, it would be like a $7 ticket or something like that. Or, you know, I don't, need, I don't know if the price would be that. Yeah. Uh, apparently they were like, yeah, we're going to roll it out. And then apparently the backlash was so big that AMC was like, ah, just kidding. That was just a bad bad idea that Barry over there came up with. And Barry's been fired. (laughs) His name was was probably Kyle. (laughs) God damn it, Kyle. (laughs) Well, I do have a long history with people named Kyle making really bad decisions and getting fired over it. So, you know. It's a Kyle thing to do. So yeah, so that overturn that. Yeah, that's probably smart. I mean, I just can't imagine. Well, first off, like everybody has a different idea of what the best seat in the house is. Like, where where's your favorite seat? Back row, dead center. Okay. Same, actually. Not even joking. I like the I, same. I kind of like more, not necessarily the middle, middle, but like kind of. You know, more of the middle over, you know, to the left or the right, not necessarily dead center, but, you know. Then again, I have the diabetic bladder, so I have to sometimes get up to pee, so I want to be 
kind of towards the end and I don't want to have to trip over anybody. Oh, no, you just hold it until you feel like you're about to burst. Yeah, that sometimes doesn't really work for me. <laughs> or I do hold it till I feel like I'm about to burst and then I uh burst. In, yeah, burst. Then I burst. <laughs> All right then. Uh one last story for the day. Uh Kristen, obviously Barbenheimer has uh, took over this weekend. Yes. <laughs> both of those movies came out. They're both getting fairly decent reviews, but they're both making a shit ton of money. Um, I don't I'm guessing that neither of us went and saw Barbie or Oppenheimer this weekend. You're correct. Okay. You, you are wrong. Oh. Ooh, which one did you see? I saw Oppenheimer. Wow. Oh. I saw Oppenheimer today, and while I saw that, Christian Dilly went and saw Barbie. Oh. So your house participated in Barbenheimer. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get back to that in our what did we watch this weekend segment. But, I'm going to so, say I got nothing. Oh, <laughs> now we know you're lying. Uh, now we know you're lying. Then. So anyway, Chris Nolan, director of Oppenheimer, was doing his round, you know, walking around, doing his interviews and talking about this and talking about that. And they were like, hey, you're British. The Bond series is about to hire a new Bond. British guys direct Bond films. And he's like, sure, why not? His direct quote, I don't have it, but his direct saying was said, it would be an honor to direct a Bond film. I'm 100% on board with Chris Nolan directing a Bond film. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Because, I mean, I know Interstellar and Tenet were kind of weird, but, I mean, with what he did with Batman, and this is the perfect time to get him because he I don't think he would do it if we were in the middle of Daniel Craig and he had to settle with his own, you know, he had to settle with taking Daniel Craig. I think the a new Bond coming in, this is the time to talk Chris Nolan into doing it because he can set the tone with the new Bond. He can do one or two of them, move on. The new guy can keep going and do, you know, five or six, you know, kind of like they, they all do. I'm a hundred percent on board with this idea. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be awesome. I'd really like to see that. Um, I, concur, I concur. What do you think they're gonna do with the new Bond? Like, can we can we spoil? No time to die. I mean, it's, it's been, been long it, enough. It's been long enough now that yes, he dies. They yeah. kill but, Bond. But I thought he had no time to do that. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those monsters. Um, I don't know. I don't know if because it is such. They put themselves in a weird corner because you're you're now you're either you either come back with Bond, where. You know you you finally give in to all the people who have been saying, well, Bond James Bond is just a is just a code name instead of the no James Bond is James Bond. You know, we just have different actors and you need to learn to live with the fact that that's supposed to be the same guy, even though he's got different faces. You know, James Bond is not the code name like 007. It's obviously other people can have 007. We saw that in No Time to Die, where they had given that over to a different agent. Because that's just a number assigned to you know, whoever happens to be that number in line. So, but I think during the Daniel Craig, so you either say the Daniel Craig series was something that didn't happen and start over again. Or you kind of do what they did where that one just hasn't taken place yet. And it takes place like 
decades in the future and you go back and you tell all the stories kind of what they I don't know I mean I feel like with James Bond like there's no real timeline for all of the movies to have taken place anyway it's not like I mean they they kind of did with with Daniel Craig something they had never done before they started at the beginning with Casino Royale immediately followed it up with an actual sequel which they had never done before with Quantum of Solace mm-hmm. did one of the best Bond films of all time with Skyfall and then kind of did a quasi sequel with Spectre and then they just wrapped up the entire storyline with No Time to Die and that they had never done with Bond because Sean Connery was all over the board like you can move his movies around you can move the Roger Moore movies around you can move the Timothy Dalton movies around you can move the Pierce Brosnan ones around and you can even move them around in, in each other. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess maybe you go back and you say, all right, the Daniel Craig, you all love the Daniel Craig stuff, but that's its own like thing. So yeah. it's over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going back to the old way where like, you know, this is just James same. Bond going this on. This is just James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> I think, though, if you do give it to Chris Nolan, we might just get a second subset of what we got with Daniel Craig. I don't necessarily think you start over with Casino Royale, like you just start over with a new storyline. Mm-hmm. I would I would like to see have them start not necessarily like Casino Royale, where like he was becoming an agent, kind of getting his feet wet and figuring out how to do it. Like I'd rather see Chris Nolan start, you know, wheels up and like he's already established and like you know we just kind of figure out where we're going from there but Mm -hmm. who knows as long as they don't get nuts and do some of the things that people are pushing for like what like angelina jolie or i guess actually she'd probably be a bad choice but who uh emily blunt would probably be a better choice because she's a british woman what Um, as like as as james bond well they wouldn't i that technically I think they would rename her Jane Bond at that point, but yeah, yeah, you know. have to call her something else, for yeah, sure. or What's Idris Elba. Although Idris Elba, although he said at this point, like he has no interest, like he doesn't want to do it. You know, I wonder why they haven't. Uh, who was that? I can't think of his name. I'll never think of it. It'll be at the end of the show by the time I think of it. So <laughs> let's just keep going. <laughs> I think honestly, right now, one of the best choices for the new James Bond would be uh, uh, what's that guy, Kit Harrington, the guy who was uh, Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. Mm. He was uh, he was in Eternals. Did either of you watch that boring movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought he he had kind of the look of that, but there was a show, I think it was Kit Harrington. And before I commit to Kit Harrington, I want to see if. Um, there was a show that the wife and I were watching recently. There was a show on Amazon. Uh, it's a spy show that the Russo brothers did. Uh, the Russo, the guys who did the Avengers and a lot of the, uh, Civil War, a lot of the really good Avenger movies. Mm-hmm. They did a spy show with, uh, hold on a minute. Let me. The Citadel. Okay, there. That's what it's called. It's called the Citadel, and it has oh Richard Madden. That's who I was thinking, not Kit Harrington. Also from Game of Thrones. Okay. Also from the Eternals. I don't think Kit Harrington was in the Eternals, quite honestly. But Richard Madden was, and Priyanka Chopra. 
How's your intake? Well, I think if you looked up Priyanka Chopra, I know one of you would be pretty excited about it. It's it's a do you, do either of you have uh, Amazon Prime? Mm-hmm. Yep. The, We're having would... a lot of streaming stuff, Jeremy. We sure don't watch anything. <laughs> That's true. I just donate money. <laughs> yeah, um, it is one of those weird things that you guys do. Whenever I ask you, do you watch stuff? And you are like, no, we don't watch anything. But then okay. it's like, do you have this streaming service? And like, yep, we got them all. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll watch something. <laughs> all right. Uh, how do you share a screen? Nobody knows. I know Jeremy does. This is kind of a weird time to go through all this stuff in the middle of the episode. I can edit it. That's the brilliant part. That's... Or I won't. I'll make myself look stupid. Wow, it's in the bottom middle. A bad spot to sit. Oh, right there, no, right there, right there. Yeah, uh, that's that's who prank got you. Oh. Priyan. Now, now, do you recognize her? Nice. Can't say I do. Uh, she was in the the odd Baywatch movie. The the, right. the Rock. Is this going to be the screen we leave it on the rest of the episode? No. Um... <laughs> What else was she? She was on a an FBI show. But this is the guy that I was saying should probably take over for James Bond, Richard Madden. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm. He kinda he kinda has has the James Bond look. Especially in that what? Fifth picture? Yeah. I mean he's second picture. Yeah. You know what I, I heard about Bond recently that I had never heard before? Apparently uh, if you're contracted to do James Bond, you are not allowed to wear a tuxedo in another movie. Hmm. Because um, I was watching, I watched a movie called The Rocketeer, which came out in the early 90s. Uh, and Timothy Dalton was the bad guy in the movie. And like Disney had to plunk down a whole bunch of extra money to the broccoli people to be al- allowed to have their uh, Timothy Dalton wear a version of a tuxedo in the movie. It's hmm. wild. Yeah, I was like, oh, they care that much? Like, the broccoli people care that much? Uh, anyway, just, you know, now that we've gone on about James Bond for, you know, any length of time, on to everybody's favorite segment. What have we been watching? Uh-oh. Oh, no. And Justin? I've n- Nothing. I've seen nothing recently. That is not. You just said, we just roll back the tape. Five minutes, or maybe a little <laughs> bit longer ago. How was Oppenheimer? Give us a spoiler free. No, I guess you can spoil it. I think we all know what happens in that story. I mean, uh, <laughs> it was good. It was a really good movie. Definitely, it's. I think it's three hours is the runtime. Yeah, towards the end, it starts to feel a little longer. So it's not one of those. Well, that was a quick three hours. It kind of drags towards the end. But it's a, it was a really good movie. I don't know how accurate everything is historically. I got to assume that it's some research. So there's a couple things I didn't really know going into the movie that I thought were pretty interesting. And uh, that's a pretty good cast, too. I don't know if you guys saw the cast for it yet. I've seen some of the cast. Of I can't even it. really remember who's all who's all in it. Well, obviously, 
Killian Murphy was Robert Oppenheimer. Yes. Uh, Florence Pugh, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Remy Malik, Matt Damon, Josh Peck, the guy who played Polka Dot Man, whose name I can never pronounce his last name. David Dismotion. That's the guy. Josh Hartnett's in it. Gary Oldman. Hmm, Josh Hartnett. Where did they they got him off his uh, shift at the Waffle House? <laughs> I, I guess. But yeah, it was uh, it was good. He did a really good job. And then I didn't see, but I I heard Barbie was really good. I heard it was really funny, and uh, it was enjoyable. Is it a kids' movie, or is it a movie about kids' toys that they have turned into more of an adult fare? Uh, I think it's from what she said, it's probably more adult ish, but it's enjoyable for kids, so it might oh. be made for kids, but it's got the stuff that the adults will get. Okay, I, don't know. Was- I haven't seen that one yet, obviously. That was my concern with Greta Gerwig directing it. Like, is she taking a property that should be mainly for small children or young children and going to subvert it and turn it into something that, you know, should only be viewed by, you know, adults? Not saying an adult film, but like, you know, right. a, a more mature audience. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that one it, I think has about a two-hour runtime. Is it? I, I I did hear some of the reviews that said it was man-hating. Now, granted, obviously two women went and saw it, or two girls. I don't know. One woman, one girl. I don't know how you yeah. you want to. Did any one, of the one, one adult, one child? Because that's what I paid for tickets for. Okay. Um, was there any review uh, coming back of man-hating from either of them? Um, a lot of they one said. That there's definitely a lot of like woman power. Women can do whatever they want or set their mind to, kind of thing. So, so whether comedy. So whether. <laughs> so Just whether, joke, everybody! Don't attack me. <laughs> whether that's man hating or female empowerment or the same thing. I I think those two things can be mutually mutually exclusive. I believe we can be female empowerment. And not be man hating. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we we can empower women without, uh, at the same time, denigrating men. I, I think it's it's possible to do both. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I don't know how the rest of that one was. Oppenheimer's good. I recommend. Okay. Plus, there's nudity. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I. I don't know how you work that into a story about the building of a nuclear bomb, but all right. Sure hope it's Robert Downey Jr. I mean, Florence Pugh. <laughs> it, I'm probably in a synergistic sort of way and, and more of a, like, we intentionally did it. Last podcast on the left did a whole, did a, like a five, I think it was a five-part series on on just the Manhattan Project in general. And each of their episodes was like the longest episodes they've ever did. I think they were minimum two hours but i think most of them were like two and a half hours so it was very long and very deep so i feel like i know the story but that does not stop me from wanting to go see oppenheimer right 
Like I knew some of us too listening to some like conspiracy theory podcast and history podcast, but it was still a movie I had an interest in going and seeing. All right, Jeremy. Uh what have what have you seen in the last week or two weeks? I don't have too much. I mean I got this cool music box <laughs> in the mail. Franz Ferdinand music box. Okay. All right. It plays a Franz Ferdinand track. Turn it on. Give us a little sample here. Are we supposed to be able to hear that? We we hear nothing. Okay. Okay. Fuck it. (laughs) All right. Well, we don't have to play Franz. We don't have to pay Franz Ferdinand anything now. So, all right. (laughs) So, there's that. Um, I don't really, it's really, I'm having a hard time coming up with anything. It's weird because I just just watch YouTube. All right. But any anybody on YouTube other than Media Pod Smash you think we should follow? Like, what's a, who's a good a good follow on YouTube? Well, let's see here. Um, there is uh, this channel if you like list videos. There's a channel called Outside Xbox, and they do a lot of good list videos about video games. I always go back to old comfort episodes of like old channels that I used to watch. So like I'll watch old episodes of like angry video game nerd. That's always a good go to. If you haven't seen those, the early ones are really funny. Let's see. What, what have I watched over the last couple of weeks? Um, well, that, I finally had to, I finally finished watching all those bad nineties comic book movies. Um, some of them were good, but most of them were bad. Then I went out of town this weekend. I went to to North Dakota for a family reunion, so I didn't really see much new stuff. I think I watched some Is It Cake and just some old, just catching up on like Food Net, uh, not Food Network. What is uh, Food Truck Wars or Food Truck Race? Uh, I watch a lot of food related shows. Me too. Now that I'm done with that '90s bracket, maybe I'll try to catch up on some some newer stuff. I'm caught up on Secret Invasion. I'm really excited about where that's going. It's Isn't very that interesting. Going to Hulu. Uh, I mean, it's on Disney Plus right now, but they might throw it over on Hulu just to get more people to start watching it. I think they were throwing the first three episodes up on Hulu. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see if that one doesn't show up on ABC here pretty soon too. Oh, I did finally finish it. It uh, it only took me about a year and a half, maybe two years to read that book, but I finally (laughs) finished it. Nice. All 1,150 some odd pages of it. So good for you. More than, more than I've read. Stephen King really needs to uh, get an editor. I will tell you that much. Hmm. Like this, the, when I read the stand, granted I was a lot younger and I had more free time. So I I was not as bothered by, like, you know, several thousand page book. But this one, like, really, like, I feel like in some ways, the, I mean, there were some things that the movie obviously changed. Um, but in some ways, the movie, either version of it is kind of better because you, yeah, it's a, both movies are two parters. So they're both like, you know, three plus hours all together. But you don't take, uh, it's not 1,153 pages, and you cut a lot of the just subplots that don't go anywhere out. 
But then again, you're not reading a Stephen King book if you're not reading a giant tome that you could kill somebody with. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure if I hit you with the it uh, with that book, it uh, it would hurt. I might uh, knock you out. Although I got the paperback, so I might not kill you. It might just you know. <laughs> it's a war. It's a warning shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I got to find another book to read now on vacation. Maybe now that my parents are in town, I can make them drive me more places so I can read more books. There you go. Well, then, uh, anything we're looking forward to? How how soon in the future are we talking about? However, I mean, however soon you want to talk about it. Next week, uh, six months. All right. The uh, the new Haunted Mansion movie has piqued my interest. Agreed. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that. I saw another trailer for it recently, and I think I'm in. All right. Mm. I'm always down. I saw a trailer for it and was like, I'm interested, but I'm also very interested to see how intense it actually is. Because that trailer looks pretty intense for a movie that is kind of meant for kids. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. That's that's the only thing I got. When is that Expendables 4 movie actually supposed to come out? Uh, I can look. Well, Jeremy delights us with what he's looking forward to. Oh, geez. Let's see. Yeah, there's just so much. Where do I begin with? Um, September 22nd, 2023. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I just saw a trailer. Actually, I did just see a trailer for something. Jeff the Talking Mongoose. You hear about that one? Jeff the Talking, like the like the British ghost mongoose? Yeah, they they make it a movie about that, and uh, and Simon Pegg is like the main character. Okay, you've definitely got my interest because that that is one of the more fun episodes of last podcast on the left. Yeah, it's 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 called Nandor Font Fandor and the Talking Mongoose. <laughs> ah, all right. Or Nandor Fador. All right, interesting. Is it a streaming or is it going to be a streamer? Or... Uh, I'm not really sure. But now that you said that, the, those weird combination of words that reminds me, uh, what we do in the shadows came back. So I did, I did watch that. So I'm pretty excited to have that show back because I, I love that show. And so far, the first two episodes of the season, uh, pretty solid, pretty excited. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I try. Like I said, I watched the first ep- almost the first episode, and I was bored. I think I think Jeremy will uh, would appreciate it. Um, I'm kind of surprised, given that you, I figured you would like stuff like that because of the whole British comedy thing. But yeah, and I like dumb shit. <laughs> Maybe you just weren't in the mood that day. Maybe you should give it another try. Yeah, that could have been. It was a long day. You know what I forgot to do last episode? Uh, give you a review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, you saw? I did go see that. Um, I had the day off um, the day after July 4th. So my parents and I went out and saw the new Indiana Jones movie. And it was okay. Okay. Um, right. it, it wasn't, it was no Last Crusade. It was no Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
I'd put it more online with Temple of Doom. Like it was, it was, it was fun. It was good. Uh, it wasn't Crystal Skull, which, to be honest, I do need to rewatch to see if it really is as bad as I remember it. Um, because I I feel like it wasn't. It was just that last couple minutes that really kind of hurt it, and then just you know years of making fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's got it's got its moments. I mean. You can definitely tell that Harrison Ford is what eighty something now. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, I did not find it as grating as some as some of the reviews I read, where they were talking about, oh, well, they didn't, you know, they de-aged him to look younger, but they didn't do anything with his voice, and it's like, eh, that didn't bother me. It really didn't, you know, strike me as as odd as they did. Mm-hmm. Um and they honestly didn't even really do the de aging thing for very much. I I will spoil one thing, uh, because you know it doesn't really affect the story, but right. it was just a, a curiosity factor for my. So with Kingdom uh, of the Crystal Skull, they were pushing that Shia LaBeouf was Indy's son. Yeah. So they were kind of kind of trying to set up for Shia LaBeouf to take over the franchise. Uh, and then him and Steven Spielberg got into the fight. Shia went off the deep end for a while. He might still be there. I don't know if he'll ever come back, but who knows. But they apparently are holding a grudge over there at Lucasfilm because like, there was kind of a throwaway line about him going off to war and dying. And, you know. They I did like, read yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. They were just like, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he, went, he went to war and died. Oh, okay. So you spent all last movie, like, you know, building him up, and then you're just like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that happens. But overall, I mean, it. I guess it's kind of sad that that's the movie that we're going to end the Indiana Jones franchise on uh, because it's not as stellar as Last Crusade. You kind of wish that maybe Last Crusade was the last movie. Um, I do think we need to stop with this digital de-aging thing. Um, it is getting a little out of hand. I mean, they're getting better at it. I will tell you that much. I mean, it in the first couple times they did it, you're like, wow, that looks creepy and weird. Now it doesn't look as odd. So maybe mm-hmm. either we're getting used to it or they're just getting better at it. Or the clones are finally getting old enough. Or, yeah, or the clones are getting old <laughs> But uh, oh, overall, I mean, I'd give it a solid, I guess, three out of five. Okay, you know, three bull whips out of five. Uh, I was gonna go three fedoras. I'm pretty sure Freddy had the fedoras. Well, Indiana Jones has got. Well, what do you call the Indiana Jones hat? Is that not a fedora? I don't know what it is, yeah, but I'm pre- right. I'm pretty sure when we ranked one of the Freddy movies, we gave it fedoras. Oh, it's a good point. Um, uh, all right then. All right, Bill, bull whip it is. You win fine all right then i guess anybody got anything they want to bring to the table before we shut this shit down Nah. i said right now i got nothing to shamelessly plug no arcade paradise is really fun if you got game pass that's a good game arcade paradise i think i saw that i just what uh is it like uh like the atari arcade or 
No, it's it's like a simulation game. Like you start out like you run a laundromat, but there's like an arcade attached to it, so you have to like upkeep them. And then as you go along, you get more arcade machines. But the arcade machines actually work, and they each have their own challenges. And like the more challenges you complete, the more popular they get, and the more money they make. And then like you run the business and upgrade the business. It's pretty sweet. That sounds pretty good. All right. Maybe I'll give that one a shot. All right, then. Well, then, I guess if you decided you don't want to pay actors or writers or really anybody because you want to keep all the money for yourself, you'd rather pay yourself millions and millions of dollars and not actually pay people what they probably deserve, uh, just remember, stupid never walks alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comic books have been around for almost a century, and in the last two decades, we've finally gotten to see many of these characters brought to life in movies and on TV. On the Moving Panels podcast, we discuss movies and TV shows based on, inspired by, and adapted from the world of comic books. Join me and my guests as we discuss both the good and the bad from Marvel, DC, and even some of the lesser-known comic book companies. Learn what is and isn't from the comics, as well as our nerdy review of the movie or show. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. So join us for Moving Panels, and I'll see you on the other side of the page. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s flick flashback podcast once in a while... You could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go.